Welcome to the Braving the Waves and Bridging the Gap podcast, stories of unsinkable resilience and resolving stigma. I'm your host, Michaela, and each week we explore stories with young people in our communities. You'll leave with a refreshing take on storytelling that will encourage you to venture deeper into and perhaps share your own story. Thank you so much for listening. That's a step in and of itself and enjoy this week's episode. This week, Michaela speaks with Pamela Fitzgerald. After 15 years in the fitness industry, studying and teaching human anatomy, wellness, and nutrition, Pamela left a life in the city to fully embrace nature and rediscover her childhood obsession with horses. Her purpose in this space is to inspire each person to connect deeply to what makes you feel passionate, alive, and joyful. She hosts retreats in Canada and Costa Rica so that you can step outside of what you do and take time to connect with who you are. Pamela is a certified yoga instructor with very extensive knowledge of the human body and nervous system. She teaches regular classes and continually explores yoga philosophies to help her and her students live a mindful and joyful life. Pamela offers experiential learning, wellness, mindfulness, and connection opportunities with our equine friends. Horses offer a very different lens with which to take in this world, and she invites you to experience this magic. In this episode, we reflect on redefining exercise and movement, horses, being aligned creatively, honoring your courage, building a life soundtrack, and creating safe spaces, and so much more. Enjoy. So we are here with Pamela, and I'm so excited to talk with you about your story and everything that you've been working on. I just, yeah, I so look up to you and your journey, and especially with, you know, movement and mental health and how all of that's connected. So just very excited to chat today. And I thought we could start with this kind of recurring concept that I'm hoping to pull through the podcast, which is a six word story and kind of thinking about, you know, what would a pocket sized wallet photo (laughs) kind of version of your story look like? Um, And how would you choose those six words? So I'm curious if you could put your story into six words, what would they be and why? Oh, that is so challenging. (laughs) Um, I've had a lot of, of different, I've had a lot of different stories. I've been lots of learning and lots of experience, lots of trial and error over my life. And um, I'm, I'm still still doing that. So I know that um, one of my words would 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 definitely be peace, <laughs> not because my story is particularly peaceful, but because I think that uh, coming home and trying to keep peace within yourself while everything in the world is going on is a big uh, recurring theme. There's been like most people's stories have been, you know, full of different upheavals and challenges. So I think that definitely in my six words, I would want there to be um, some peace. Um, Courage. I'm definitely stepping into a place where I want to um, honor my, you know, my courage and um, see myself as someone who is courageous. I think a lot of us get into a space where we're just doing and doing and doing, and we don't um, see the amazing things that we're doing and the impact that we're having. So honoring my courage, and then that one would um, move over into um, feeling proud of myself. So uh, really stepping into that space where I can say, like, I'm, I'm really having an impact, and I feel really proud of that. 
I know how much it impacts me when someone else says that to me. So I really want part of my story to be this, this feeling of being uh, proud of myself. Independence. <laughs> I've always been a little bit of a, a lone wolf uh, in my story. Um, I didn't have a partner for a very long time. Um, I was, you know, a kind of a little bit of an only child. I have a half sister, but um, raised as an only child. So uh, recognizing, you know, my independence, I've done a lot of things by myself. Support um, would be sort of the, the complement to that independence. And the reason why I'm able to settle into independence is I do have a very supportive family. Um, I've gotten better over the years at really recognizing what support looks like in other people and who I want to collaborate with and partner with because I deserve that support and I, and I want that support and I want what I put out there to be, you know, uh, beautiful and impactful and um, who supports you in that I think is really, maybe the word is dream. I, I never wanted to fall into an already um, created reality that I didn't feel aligned with. Um, I've had a lot of trial and errors. I have jumped around. I'm an entrepreneur from a young age and I never, um, I sort of marched, you know, to, to the beat of my own drum. And in telling my story, I, I, I want everyone to, to feel empowered to do that because we're, we're sitting in a lot of, um, you know, constructs and institutions and things and systems that aren't really working. And I grew up in the very, like, get married, have kids, get a job, do, you know, those things. And I never did any of them. And I, I want to create, always want to create the reality and the environment that I feel really um, my most, like, optimal self in. So I think that's that maybe dream is the word for that or create or just, just never, you don't follow, you don't have to fall in line. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love those words. They're so powerful. And like together too, how they work together, mm -hmm. I think oh, is so important and just created such a beautiful. So yeah, thank you for sharing all that <laughs> along the same vein of pulling together the six word story and trying to find language for how to talk about some of the things that you've been through and your story and just kind of everything together. I know that's something that's really difficult for a lot of people, at least at first, like, how do I even come up with words <laughs> for this? Mm -hmm. And I'm curious if you've ever had that moment or like how you got to that moment where you're able to share and generate language really for some of the things that you'd experienced. But yeah, that kind of process was like. I think it's been, it's been a process um, for me just I, I've always been really comfortable sharing my own story. I think the audience helps. Um, I always want my story to, to benefit people. And in terms of finding the language, it's really important for me always to create a safe space for everyone. So whether that means like providing any sort of a, a trigger warning or just being really mindful of what I'm saying and mindful of the details that I share of things, because my story is, you know, I'm comfortable with it. I've been living it. I've, you know, I've, I've told it. I, it's, it's me, it's who I am. But for someone else to hear some of the details, no matter what they are, um, it might be something that they're not ready to hear or something that really sets them off. So I also host a lot of retreats and that's been a recurring theme as well. Like when you're hosting retreats, people are in a really like 
heart wide open kind of space and they're looking for a place to open up and share. So I'm very committed to creating a safe space for everyone that I'm around whenever I'm telling a story. So it depends on the where I am. Like I find, for example, our unsinkable is often a really open space. They often provide, you know, trigger warnings and things like that, which makes me feel more comfortable. And then in other spaces, just really knowing the context of what I'm sharing, if it's public speaking or and, and then having that outlet with, you know, like a therapist to really get into the things that I, I need to express. So we're in my you know opinion, we're in a space where we're really getting more and more aware of how important it is to communicate, to share, to open up about our stories. But I, I want to be really mindful of, of the, the delivery of that and that it's to the, the benefit of whoever I'm sharing with or in, in a you know, more private space to my to my own benefit. So I think that I hope that helps a little bit, but it's, it's been sort of my, my mission to make, you know, that, that um, whenever I'm sharing, just for it to be a really safe space for everyone. Yeah, I think that's such an important message. And especially since like the kind of, I guess, target audience of this podcast is for the most part going to be youth. And I think, you know, they listen to adults and um, and other youth tell their stories. And it's so important for that language to like... Mm-hmm meet them where they're at and be safe because as much as it's difficult to find language for ourselves, we're always looking for it in other people and other people's stories. And mm-hmm. so that connection is is super important. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it's a really, really great point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And kind of along those lines too of sharing your story and getting to that, getting to that point where you feel comfortable. And like you said, you felt that way for a long time and you talked about it a lot. But what do you think the people in your life who are closest to you and kind of your biggest supporters would say in celebration of what you've shared and how you've gone about um, advocating for mental health? My, my biggest supporters, like I said, I think I, I don't know if they know this or if they know how it impacts me. But I mean, just just having someone say that they're proud of me feels really good because I have not taken that um, path uh, that I think was originally expected. Like, um, I don't, I don't feel that my parents put a lot of pressure on me, but I think they had hopes for their child, like every other parent does as well. And I didn't, um, you know, do the things that they value. I didn't go to university. I didn't, you know, uh, step into those, those spaces that they really value. Um, but I, I, they've never, you know, they've never made me feel, you know, bad about it or anything, but to hear them say that they're proud of me. Um, is a really, really big deal for me. So um, you know, knowing that they value the things, I, I have a lot of, um, you know, meditation events and retreats and things. And, you know, my supporters will show up, like my partner will come to my events, my mom will come to my events, my dad and the people that are closest to me in my life. So having them, you know, and like they pay, right? Like they'll like buy a ticket to like my events, right? So having those people that are that are close to me uh you know value what i do and, and show up for that is 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 huge like even just saying it or whether it's just showing up in a space that i've created that's important to me it feels amazing yeah yeah oh, absolutely i yeah i remember oh it's like coming back to me very vividly now this one time where i was like performing a a poem and and my therapist just showed up like in the back was just just watching like didn't make it a big deal or anything but was just like I'm here and I support you and that like presence is oh it's so comforting and reassuring and because I think anytime we share a story mental health or otherwise it just 
like you get all this doubt of like, did I say the right thing? Did I share the right thing? Did I, oh, am I going to make people mad? And there's like all of these different things that go through your head. So having that support is, yeah, definitely crucial. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of taking a dive a little bit deeper into your story now. Um, I'm curious, and this is a really fun question. I love asking everybody. How would you tell it? Do you think you would tell it differently as a young person, like middle school, let's say, um, young adult, and then adulthood, and then maybe even in the future? Do you think you'd tell your story differently at those different ages? Um, definitely, yes. Um, the the piece of my story that um, I share that I feel is the most relative to mental health is going through um, uh, the transition from being really active in the bodybuilding and fitness community to having some really um, significant health struggles, both mental and physical, like very connected mental and physical struggles. So that's the piece of my story that I speak about when I'm speaking about mental health. There's other parts of my story that I haven't even examined as much that would probably um, be really valuable to share as well. Um, but I feel like my younger self, like if we're talking like, you know, maybe like nine, 10 years old would have been like, you're crazy. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, she's like in the gym all the time. This is like nuts. What are you doing? Um, that age of, of me would be extremely proud of what I'm, I'm doing now and would be really excited about that, but would just be like, what is happening here? So, and I think, um, what was the next sort of like you were thinking maybe like teenage years, like that sort of age? Yeah. Like teenage, late teens, twenties. Yeah. Yeah. I think where I was in, in, yeah, like those late teens and twenties was, that was where I was, you know, starting to um, experience that. So she would have told that story a little bit more from that lens of really um, going through it and, and what happened leading up to that. So I think she would probably have the best perspective on that because it was my late teens, um, early twenties that were, um, the, the years that sort of drove me into connecting more to fitness and bodybuilding because I was in a very addictive place. So mm-hmm. I know that she would talk about how she needed to get out of that or wanted to get out of that space. And it was my connection to fitness and bodybuilding that left that piece. So her version of that story would be um, almost uh, like a, like a version of relief, like stepping into that space where we're letting go of one, you know, toxic um, issue and stepping into sort of a new version of oneself. So she would have a very different, um, you know, I, I look back on it and it's part of my mental health journey now as an adult, but that version looked at it as, you know, we are getting out of this one place and moving into a place that is, that is more healthy and that serves us better for this time. Yeah, absolutely. And how do you think your, your future self is going to tell your story? maybe how far in the future you want to think but I feel I feel like my future self is going to have like a really hard time remembering everything that's gone on (laughs) but um no I I feel like I I um I think that my future self um will probably tell how the, you know, we'll probably be able to hone in a lot on the details that might help people. But I feel mm-hmm. that story, um, and I've said this a few times with with um, different public speaking events, I feel like this story is starting to fade a little bit. And going further into the future, um, I think there's going to be less and less emphasis on it. You know, and I think that different parts of the story will be highlighted and different parts of the story will be necessary to tell, uh, to help 
other people, but um, I can't see I can't see it changing too much. I just see it maybe um, you know not being um, as as huge of a, an emphasis or as huge of a part because um, I, I find that with a lot of stories that have gone on in my life, there's you know a time where I'm really focused on that piece of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just times where yeah certain moments are just more prevalent and related to what we're doing versus others and. Yeah, that's a and and it just doesn't like there's I mean there's there's times where go, going into that story like it just it isn't serving me like I have a lot of really different aspects of things like I went right from fitness in Toronto to like moving out to the country and working with horses and livestock and animals again so there's just parts of the story that isn't you know that doesn't serve that I have a harder time relating to but the importance for me is that because that piece of that story was so um, you know involved in addiction and self-image and um, fitness and movement everything correlated that it has so much benefit to anyone going through certain things like that in their life so I definitely want to hold on to it so that it's available (laughs) when it's needed but it's becoming, I think, less and less of a piece of my identity as I move forward and change and grow in life. And I, and I hope everyone, you know, f- feels that as well, that you, you don't have to hold on to or like be this story forever. I have it sort of, you know, nice and close to me for when it's going to serve. And then it's, it's left alone when I'm, when I'm in a space where I'm moving forward and working on my business or whatever I'm doing. Yeah, that's such an important distinction because I think it's very easy to get wrapped up in like, this is my story and my only story and kind of how everybody sees, um, sees who I am versus like there's different stories throughout our lives that are going to kind of ebb and flow and they're very prevalent at certain times versus others. And, um, you're not defined by any one of them. And I think, yeah. No, I think the, like the best part of our stories is that like, I, I tend to like pull out stuff in an effort to relate to either, you know, people close to me or people that are going through things or people that are sharing or people that I'm working with, like, you know, and, and I think that's the beautiful thing about life and just, um, you know, keeping our stories nice and close to us is it's probably going to offer something to somebody else or an opportunity to connect with somebody or, you know, like help your community or help yourself to, to get things off of your chest. Like you might be in that space where you, someone sharing their story and it relates to me so much. And I'm like, oh, this person gets me. It's nice to have somebody that that resonates with. Maybe that's somebody I want to connect with or work with or whatever. So I, yeah, I think having them, but exactly like you said, you're not defined by, by any one story that you have. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I guess transitioning a, a tiny bit, but into what you're working on now and all of this, these wonderful like retreats and everything that you've put together. I would love for you to share a little bit more about that and just kind of your passion there. And I guess any like key things you would love people to know um, that's maybe not like mainstream conversation, um, horses, like all of it, give it to us. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, as, as you mentioned, my, my passion is, is movement and, and relating to your own uh, body differently. Um, I think things we've stepped away from, you know, are like um, physical expressions, you know, this is why things like ecstatic dance coming up and stuff like that are just so beautiful. So I'm really passionate about the body, about human movement, about, um, you know, um, creating this connection with your body where it is, um, you know, also an expression of your soul and your spirit and your essence and your, and your mind and whatever's going on. So that's something I'm super passionate about. And I explore that a lot of my own practice through yoga. Um, I'm really passionate about bringing the, uh, some of the philosophies and teachings of yoga 
two um, you know students that I'm working with. I teach um, yoga and just making it not so much of this you know physical fitness thing, but this um, vehicle with which to connect um, you know your your body to everything that you're thinking and feeling and, and making that a part of you. So that's one area of the, the movement. I do lots of fun things. I do like, you know, hoops and like hula hooping and like all just kinds of fun things for people to reconnect to movement. Um, I'm very, very passionate about um, exploring uh, rest in our society. So um, conscious rest, different forms of meditation to just help us um, connect to that parasympathetic aspect of our nervous system in a society where we're very, as we know, kind of chronically overstimulated. So that's a big part of what I put out there in, in the world as well. And then when I stepped out of the um, city life, I came, I really had the intention of, of coming back to doing something with horses. So I was, I rode horses as a kid. I loved them. And my parents put me in horseback riding. And it, I always found it kind of stressful. Like, I, you know, they, they have metal bits in their mouth and the saddle's really tight and we're just going around and we're riding. And I really wanted to connect with them. Um, so I rode for years and that was my, my means of doing that. And then I kind of left it. And, you know, we would go on like trail rides as family, things like that. So when I made the move uh, out of the city, it was my intention to figure out what I was going to be doing with, with horses. I really, really wanted them, you know, in in my life I wanted to connect more so I took the knowledge and, and the passion of, of yoga and, and made that a means to kind of connect with the horses which doesn't mean like I'm doing gymnastics on top of horses or anything like that it's just um you know being being conscious of yourself and, and your breath and offering um you know any riding students a different way to connect with um, their animal partners and doing a lot of yoga and things outside so that we can help connect to nature and I run programs based off of equine assisted learning. So that's um, experiential learning with horses uh, for both adults and youth, and just giving um, a chance to connect with the horses and have the horses help highlight things like communication skills and leadership. They're nonverbal communicators. They're highly sensitive and highly attuned to emotions. They're prey animals. So it's a little bit different for us to relate to them because they're nervous, uh, you know, of everything. And just this deep connection to, they just have such a deep connection to humanity. Like they've been with us since, mm -hmm. you know, all of our evolution through time. And so I think that having people connect to nature as we know is very healing. Um, and then, you know, putting in this beautiful, almost thousand pound being um, to help, you know, serve your personal growth is, uh, is something that can be really special. I've seen the, the impacts of the EAL program with youth has been like nothing short of like a miracle. So I hope to, I'm working on, you know, really offering that and putting uh, putting my programs in place and connecting it with those uh, yogic elements of just, you know, respect for um, our animal friends and respect for land and things like that. So that's what I've been up to. It's kind of all over the place. <laughs> no, I love it. And I've actually been so curious about it too for for a long time because yeah as a division one athlete and like playing on the national team and like all of that I just had it very ingrained in my head of like this is what exercise looks like and you just got to follow like <laughs> this step-by-step mm -hmm. -step thing and and even now being retired I 
I've, I've struggled with, with that a little bit of like, okay, what does a healthy relationship with movement actually look like? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a four hour practice anymore. And whether or not that was healthy in the first place, <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, I've, I've been very interested in, yeah, what you've been working on. And I think it's so important, yeah, to explore those other kinds of relationships with movement and land and animals and how all of it's connected. Cause you're right. We are so pulled away from that and like everything that we do online and, you know, social media and everything. So it's very funny how the um, athletic perspective even connects like everyone you know like it seems oh this is such a like world away like now you're doing horses I'm like it's all like it's it's all really like it's all really connected I had um you know when I was leaving bodybuilding and really struggling and really having problems with my health it just completely shattered my identity I was a fitness model I put so much effort into that I thought that was going to be my full you know career I was very attached to looking a certain way and when that stopped, it's, I, I say it now was one of the greatest gifts ever given to me um, because that identity was, was not connecting me to, to community. I was very, very isolated within myself, within my body, within everything, and very focused on um, really small, you know, my, my, my lens was extremely small. So the greatest thing that ever, you know, happened to me was kind of opening up um, that identity or shattering kind of letting go of that identity and um yeah exploring my body in different ways like just you know being really happy in in movement and feeling really joyful in movement and i mean like hosting retreats that's a big part of the theme of most of my retreats is movement and and rest so being able to you know collect oneself and then explore um you know movement within your body that makes you feel joyful and letting go of you know a lot of the notions that we have about exercise and health. And I think the whole world's getting better at that too. It feels like it to me anyways. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree. And at least just, I think the pandemic made everyone a little bit more aware of <laughs> of our routines and yeah, where we're lacking some of that connection. For everyone listening, come with me to one of Pamela's retreats. Yeah, come play with horses. Yeah, we've had a few, um, teams out like um hockey teams uh and things like that too and they'll you know we'll we'll uh let them know that the exercises that we're doing and the way that we're working with the horses is um you know we'll usually have a theme of either leadership or communication or or team building but it becomes just so much more impactful you know like you see um they're the people you know working with us like just being so concerned about the horse and like you know, really honing in on that and asking lots of really awesome questions and like really having a good time with it. So I think it serves, you know, um, many different aspects of the community. Like they're, they are remarkable, remarkable beings that have been such a huge part of our evolution. Like you'll hear people that have never been around them or that are afraid of them be like, I just feel really drawn to them. I'm like, yeah, like they've been here for a long time. I almost feel like they're part of our, you know, like our DNA, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking of, uh, oh my gosh, what's that animated movie, Spirit? Spirit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So good. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I could definitely talk about horses with you all day. <laughs> yeah. um, but kind of transitioning a little bit, I'm curious if you've had throughout this entire journey, kind of going through everything we've talked about thus far, 
if you've had like a song or a lyric or particular book or story or something that's really resonated with you um, that you've kind of carried through that you would want to share with everyone listening? Oh, I've had like a full, like I have, a, I have like a life soundtrack, you know, like <laughs> I, I grew up in the nineties. Right. So it's like any like nineties music just always, you know, really, really gets me. Right. Um, <laughs> with, with books, I, during my journey, I really latched onto a lot of um, different, uh, self-help type of books. Um, Eckhart Tolle was really big for a time with me and, and helping me discover um, what what sort of self-growth meant. So the, like The Power of Now and A New Earth were really big for me. Um, I got it back there. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they were probably the, the first, like I would have been in my early 20s and they were the first sort of personal personal growth books that I read. Um, the Four Agreements was very big for me too. I was very young when I read The Four, Four Agreements. It was on my parents' bookshelf and I was probably 12 or 13. And um, that that was huge also. Like, I think that that was a really big shape, you know, like a really big shaper. And the most recent one that I've read that um, really gave me a nice big shift was um, The Untethered Soul. So this book is talks about um, uh, almost dualities of, of your you know authentic self and your personality, and it shapes the personality sort of like this bad roommate that just keeps chattering at you and like doesn't stop, right? But that you have the ability as you know sort of your authentic self to sit back and become the observer, and that really helped with my meditation practice, and it helped with uh, leading retreats and, and, and framing meditation in that way that you do have this, you know, sort of, sort of mind chatter or like loud roommate that, that's always going on, but that you, you, that is not the full you. And that was a book recently that has really uh, impacted and, and a book that I can continue to share in, in retreats. But I mean, there's millions. Like, I mean, there's millions. I have a, I have a whole like list of like, you know, YA books too, <laughs> like were really impactful for me when I was a youth, like so many. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I, books are such a beautiful, like escape, but also just, again, like we were talking about at the beginning with words, like way to find language for things and mm -hmm. see things a bit differently. And it's, it's a very personal experience, like being just like head into a book and like being immersed in that. So yeah. I'm glad you found, yeah, support through so many books. Uh, yeah, as yeah. you can see, I probably <laughs> yeah. can relate yeah. a little bit. <laughs> Amazing. Um, well, I think that was pretty much all of the major questions I wanted to ask. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else maybe that you would want to share with everybody or like a takeaway message that you want to leave. Um, yeah, just any kind of last words. Yeah, I think that the message that, yeah, you know, just what we were talking about earlier, something that's really important to me is that um, creating your reality and not feeling confined to what's in front of you. I think um, everyone's obstacles are really different and some so challenging and it's so hard to see beyond what you're um, given, you know, or, or what's showing up for you. Um, but really working on a way to empower oneself to create, you know, this, this life, there's, there's a lot out there that, you know, we're not shown, 
um, within the confines of certain systems and things like that. So I think um, that would be my, my message is just um, dream, right? And, and, and look at the, the ways that you can make it your, your reality. Like I have been in spots where I barely have any money, but I'm, you know, living on a horse farm. I had, you know, like went into massive amounts of debt to spend three months in South America. Like it's, I, I do the, like take, I don't know. I, I want to empower anyone to just take risks and create space for yourself to, um, to fully, like to fully live joys of life without, you know, you know, all the things that we think we need or that we're told that we need or those, I don't know. I don't know if I'm making sense. I think just dream and, and make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such a good message to leave people with. And I think it's very easy to get caught in like, oh, I can't do that. Or yeah. I don't have the money or I don't have the resources or right people or whatnot. And just like there's all those backdoors and computer programs, there's a lot of ways that you can yeah. get to something yeah. um, that you don't necessarily think about first. And that's just so important to recognize. And I I think the opposite is also true. Like, you know, just because you think you should do something, you don't have to. There's a lot less that you actually have to do than you think. So, yes, thank you for clearing that up. That that's my message. Yeah. And I think especially like for it's it's so important to me for youth. Like I think there's, you know, there's going to be those that age in your life where people are making a lot of choices for you, right? Like your your school and and what you're exposed to and what you're consuming. Like a lot of it isn't up to our youth a lot of the time, especially in the younger ages of youth. So um, really, yeah, empowering yourself and, and becoming yourself and really taking a look at what you're feeling inside and, and you know, what seems awesome to you and what you really want to go after. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to mic drop on that one. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Braving the Waves and Bridging the Gap podcast. You can find much more information about this week's storyteller, resources, and related links in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share, leave a review, and follow us on socials. And lastly, don't ever forget that you are unsinkable. Just being here, listening, helps you swim and keep your boat afloat. Thanks, everyone.